Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, I think we've all just witnessed one of the greatest sporting stories of all time. And frankly, are witnessing because Matt and I are watching it on replay as we record this podcast. Emma Raducanu, who was sitting her A-levels in Bromley, in Kent, three months ago, is the US Open champion. She is the only qualifier to have ever won a Grand Slam title in men's or women's tennis. She's the first British woman to win a Grand Slam title since Virginia Wade won Wimbledon in 1987 and Virginia Wade beamed on in the crowd in the Arthur Ashe Stadium tonight as Emma Raducanu won that title. I I could go on. I really could go on for a very long time, but... The records, the words, the various different forms of stuttering <laughs> that that pundits of all sorts have done, certainly on our prime video coverage tonight. I'm not sure any of it any of it can really capture the magic and the wonder of what Emma Raducanu has achieved. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna throw this hot potato over to you Matt and hope that you can have a fist at it because I'm at a bit of a loss it's too much it is it is too much yeah look this really is going to be something that is looked back on in 10 years 20 years 50 years 100 years this is something extraordinary that we've witnessed tonight and this frankly this whole tournament um it's very hard to wrap your head around what's happened. I think quite naturally we often look for comparisons and to try and make sense of things, but there just are not any comparisons. And it's not its not an age thing. In fact, one of the least remarkable things yeah. about this is that she's 18. It is remarkable, of course it is, but that has been done before. Teenagers have won Grand Slams before, less and less often. It has to be said, it, it's it's not such a regular phenomenon as it used to be, but it's happened and they've gone deep in slams. But for me, it's it's the complete lack of experience that she had at this level. As you said, was sitting her A-levels very recently, has barely played on the tour, and this was just her second ever Grand Slam appearance which is a record for someone to win a Grand Slam at just their second attempt. The previous record was four, which was Monica Seles and Bianca Andreescu tied. She has halved that record. It's so improbable and implausible. And and yet when I was watching, the only part of me that thought she wouldn't win was the British part of me. You know, where a sort of natural sporting pessimism is in, entrenched because 
that wasn't the experience of watching her. To to watch her was to see someone who was ready, even without the experience. It was to see someone who was good enough. It was to see someone who owned the stage and had a poise and felt like the winner. Yeah. I'm a bit lost for words. I really am. Where is David Law when you need him, Matt? <laughs> David Law uh, is in bed. I certainly hope David Law is in bed. It is 2.15 in the morning. Um, he's had a little bit of a relapse because, uh, as I said, it is all too much. Uh, and he's got to commentate on the men's singles final tomorrow, which is also potentially a massive slice of history. Uh, so David Law's in bed. We will hopefully, hopefully uh, get his views on all things Emirati Kanu uh, tomorrow. Although I can probably distill them into very, very pumped. If David <laughs> were here, he would be very very pumped yes he would he would use words like uplifting yes what else what are the what are what are the greatest hits of david law um good to be alive (laughs) (laughs) yeah did i get my prediction right i don't think he did no he uh he thought emma radicano would lose a set absurd absurd genuinely absurd hasn't hasn't done that in 10 matches (laughs) Ten matches. She's won ten matches to win this Grand Slam. Hasn't dropped a set. Hasn't been taken to a tie break. I think only got taken to seven five in the second round of qualifying. Yeah, and that player is probably one to look out for. She might be winning <laughs> Grand Slams next season. Anna Bulk Bulkvadzi, read up on her, Matt, because she'll be your femme du jour of twenty twenty two. I mean. <laughs> We genuinely are lost for words a little bit, aren't we? And I'm slightly distracted by watching it back. As as we watch, uh, it is 6-4-5-2, Radicani. Fernandez is serving at 2-5. It's 15 all. Um, and uh, Fernandez, she faces she faces championship points against her in this game, doesn't she? She holds and manages to force Radicani to serving out uh, to serve it out. And as she's doing so. Um, she, she starts, she she has a a big slide out wide and her knee grazes across the floor, uh, across the court for, for quite a distance actually. And, and it starts bleeding heavily and there's, she loses the point and it ends up being 30, 40 break back point to Leila Fernandez. Uh, and there's this break in play while Emma Kanu has to have her knee patched up because it's bleeding quite heavily now I'm not sure Leila Fernandez could see how heavily it was bleeding I mean we there was a there was a camera right on it and we couldn't quite see how heavily it was bleeding because her knee mercifully was being obscured by um by the trainer for most of the time but but Leila Fernandez was was not happy about the time it was taking to treat what looked like a really innocuous um, injury and um, yeah, I mean, look, the rules are if you're bleeding, it, the bleeding has to be has to be stopped. You can't send sort of people with gushing gushing with blood out there into the trenches. Um, but it it did feel like a moment where it could all turn. It, in the end, in the end, it ended up being a real storm in a teacup, didn't it? Um, perhaps it doesn't feel that way for Leila Fernandez, but. But let's not rewrite history. It definitely could have turned there. It, I think Emma Ducani really showed something. I mean, showed another one of many, many a thing <laughs> um, to not let that be be the turning point or at least a turning point. Because she had to come out from all of that, having heard Leila Fernandez have her have her rant at the supervisor. And she had to face a break point straight away. Um and she saved it and she went on to close out the title in that game with an ace. I think she said with a serve she hadn't hit before. She'd been trying it and it hadn't worked. And of course she came up with it on match point. That's just what Emma Raducanu does. Um but yeah, absolutely. Just as you say, it was it was a it was a moment to praised the tennis scoring system as well, wasn't it? Because Raducanu was ahead and yet 
it really felt like the match could turn dramatically and suddenly. I love any opportunity to praise the tennis scoring system. Yeah, me too. Hence why I've brought it up. Um, you know, and it, it was sort of Andy Murray trying to serve out Wimbledon 2013 against Novak Djokovic. You know, a stressful game. He had a two sets to love lead. Raducanu had a set lead. And yet in that moment, it felt so fragile and like it could all get away from her. But just as Andy Murray did, Emma Raducanu held her nerve and raised her game in that moment. And yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this match was was great and was a real answer to that sort of existential tennis question of whether a straight sets match can be a classic or an epic, because I really do think this was. The quality was high. was so high. For them high. to both come out for their first Grand Slam final, and maybe... Maybe it is down to the fact that it was a first for both of them, that there wasn't that inequality in experience. But yeah. And neither of them was the favourite. Yes. Really. For them to play the quality that they did pretty much from the word go was astonishing, both of them. Yeah, it's absolutely no guarantee that that will happen, very understandably. And they just showed up in the way they've showed up all tournament. And actually, it was a match which ended up pitting their qualities against one another because Raducanu came out and had an early break like she's done in so many of her matches and yet she wasn't able to turn that into one of her trademark runs of games because she met the resistance and the toughness of Leila Fernandez who just wasn't going to allow the match to become like that um and I think you know, everyone who's been met by that Raducanu game and that Raducanu brilliance has sort of ended up disintegrating a little bit. Belinda Bencic, Maria Sakkari couldn't live with that level, couldn't meet it. I don't know whether they were just surprised by it and they were throwing their best and it wasn't having an effect and that sort of led to them falling off a level. But that didn't happen today. Leila Fernandez resisted the Emiratokanu fast start and made it a really, really tough match and put out her all of her best qualities. And then I was then sort of impressed by Radakanu because she hadn't faced someone who was resisting in that way. And yet and then we saw these extra qualities to Radakanu's game, which was to, you know, to compete and to hold her nerve in all the crucial moments. It was it was the best of both of them, really. And it was a really great match with momentum swings and high quality. It was it was a delight. It was a, it was a pleasure to watch. And the rallies were just so good to watch. You know, they both play such exciting brand of tennis. I can't stop looking at it, Matt. No. <laughs> I only watched it a couple of hours ago. My, I'm, my eyes are magnetically drawn to the screen. Leila Fernandez is just held... For five three, it's all it's Blood all. Blood <laughs> is coming. Blood is literally coming. Um, I I found it. You just uh, briefly mentioned and Andy Murray there, and it's it struck me tonight on the on the prime video coverage and and generally everything I was reading ahead of this match and sort of during the match on social media and so on. How little Andy Murray came up, um, partly because this is. This is a, a women's achievement and it sounds a lot better to say first British Grand Slam champion since 2016. Uh, sorry, it sounds better to say since 1977 than it does to say 2016. Um, so that's that's part of it. Um, but I also just think it just feels like a completely different category of achievement. Mm. Do, do you know, I'm going to need some help with... Finessing and explaining that, which I'm hoping you can telepathically read my mind and help me. Um, Well, Murray's was all about the struggle to do mm, it, wasn't it? It was all about getting over the line. hauling himself across the line. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Raducanu has sort of been catapulted or catapulted herself into this position from, you know, not nowhere... People have known about Emma Raducanu's talent for a long time. And actually, I think the pandemic meant that we probably didn't see her on the tour as soon as we might have done. You know, she sort of had 18 months to develop her game, but not 18 months to show us that game because she just didn't compete for so long. Um, 
But yeah, you know, with Mary, it was about just trying to compete with the big three and trying to win something that I think everyone knew he was capable of. And he ought to. And he ought to. It would be, it would, it would be a letdown if he if he didn't if he didn't find a way to win a Grand Slam or become a Grand Slam champion. Um, whereas this is and the, and the predominant feeling and atmosphere. Look, I wasn't I wasn't covering Andy Murray's 2012 US Open win the way it was covering Raducanu's win tonight. But the prevailing emotion all around for Andy Murray in 2012 was relief, I think. And mm. Andy has subsequently spoken about that. And there was... Relief couldn't have been further from the Arthur Ashe Stadium tonight. It, it just didn't even creep into the corners of the court, did it? It was just pure, unadulterated joy. And yeah. I think joy is so rarely untainted by other emotions. Um, usually emotions are a sort of unsatisfying melange somehow there is there is so rarely a real purity to them and I think I think the purity of this story and of and of the emotion about it all and I think this applies to Leila Fernandez as well is 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 part of what's made it just so so engaging and and wrapped us all up in it yeah so and so what what was needed it's sort of nourishing yeah. for tennis it, you know and the world's obviously had a tough 18 months but you know just looking specifically at tennis it's had a rough time in terms of soulless stadiums with no crowds and top stars getting injured and sort of we've really had to come to terms with that in the last few months you just know. looking at Raducanu's bloody knee <laughs> so to have Emma Raducanu and Leila Fernandez be players who elicit joy, unadulterated joy, both while they play and for everyone watching them play, just felt like what everyone needed, really. While we're on the subject of joy, can I talk about the original nine or the six members of the original nine that were able to be in New York? Can I talk about them doing the coin toss? Please. And Billie Jean King handing over the trophy. Please. Poetry. When I said talk about it, I meant sort of provide a springboard, Matt, for you to <laughs> for you to fill in the detail. <laughs> well, I thought you had a really good tweet about this the other day. You know, the fact that the original nine were honoured, weren't they, on semi-final night at the US Open. There was a really lovely ceremony with them at the start and... You know, you said tonight's all about the future of sport, of, of tennis, because it's two 18-year-olds getting through to the final. And that's what the original nine created, a future for women's tennis. Uh, the possibility for Emma Raducanu and Leila Fernandez to be on this stage and doing what they do. So it, it does feel poetic. It does feel right. And... The fact that Billie Jean King was the one handing out the trophy also feels very right because I think there's going to be a lot of when did you think Emma Raducanu could get to the top or could win this title? But Billie Jean King was the first person I heard say that Emma Raducanu could go right to the top of tennis. You can no longer say sitting in that exact seat because it's it's new sofa. It's it's new upgraded corner sofa. <laughs> But sitting approximately where you are now, sort of spatially. Yes. And look, I thought, wow, how can you possibly know that? Mm. After seeing her for three or four matches at Wimbledon, Billie Jean King knows. <laughs> <laughs> Ask her anything. And she knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Can we talk about the speeches? In particular, can we talk about Leila Fernandez's speech? Not that, not that Emirati Khanu's wasn't pure joy, um, but Leila Fernandez provided possibly the moment of the night, certainly one of the moments of the night when, I mean, she gave a brilliant speech, full stop anyway, especially given, you know, she'd, she'd had that upset over the medical timeout. We ended up being just sort of moments, minutes before the end of the match, didn't it? Because cause she ended up close, closing it out, Radhikanu, and composed herself, gave an extremely magnanimous speech and then took back the microphone at the end and delivered the most graceful tribute to New York on the anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks. It was so perfectly judged um, as somebody that that had to judge and juggle tonal shifts tonight in our prime video coverage of of uh, of the final you know obviously an incredibly celebratory moment for for tennis in particular british tennis but also with somber elements to to the evening there was this ceremony to to memorialize those that died in 911 and you know it was it was a feature of the evening and and i had i had all day to to prepare for those tonal shifts um and yeah Leila Fernandez had spent all day preparing for a tennis match I d- maybe she had prep for that I don't know even if she had she's 19 and it was wonderful it was astonishing really yeah it blew me away it's one of the toughest things to do that post loss speech after a Grand Slam final um and the empathy, the perspective, the class, the words she said were, I know on this day it was especially hard for New York and everyone around the United States. 
I just want to say that I hope I can be as strong and as resilient as New York has been these past 20 years. Just perfect words. Yeah, and if there's one one word I would pick out to describe her tennis, it might just be resilient. Um, so, yeah, goodness me, it, it was yeah, it was it was such a moment. It was such mm. a moment. And then, <laughs> then we got to see Billie Jean King hand over that trophy to Amarandi Khanu and her just sort of blissfully parade around the Arthur Ashe Stadium with Virginia Wade just. <laughs> Beaming from the stands. I mean, the look of pride on Virginia Wade was everything, Matt. It was absolutely everything. I was sat alongside Anki Othervong in the studio, who's um, Emma Raducanu's Billie Jean King Cup captain. And we had to give her quite a lot of time to compose herself before coming <laughs> on air because you just you just veer between all the different all the different emotions. It's so hard to avoid cliche. Um, the hyperbole train left the station several rounds ago. <laughs> it's just, hey, future Grand Slams have a tough act to follow. Gosh, once you've seen this, yeah. how can anything live up to this Grand Slam? And and it's been so difficult to get. We had a had a bit of time after after the match because obviously with with Prime Video we came off air with with Channel Four a little bit earlier, but carried on our our review of the match and analysis on on Prime Video, and we got the luxury of not having a an off air time as a as a non linear broadcaster. So we had a bit of time to to delve into um, how Emma Raducanu's life is going to change now. She had a taster of that at Wimbledon, but not even close to to what is about to come and um we got to chat to Jim Courier about it a little bit and everybody seems um just to say the same thing in terms of it's all about the people you have around you there's nothing wrong with enjoying the moment and embracing the opportunities that come your way you know that that doesn't mean you're losing focus or you know not not interested in being a tennis player anymore. There's there's time. She has time. Um, and we've got to not expect too much too soon from her. Maybe not even expect anything immediately. I don't know. She's up to 23 in the world now. But we do we do need to be wary that this is about as big a life change as a as a as an athlete can sort of suddenly and jarringly experience. And it's going to take some adjustment and obviously feeling the way we all feel tonight we're going to have an appetite for more of it um but we need to be careful mm. yeah and i think radicanu's last few months have already shown the importance of giving her some space and giving her some time i mean there hasn't been a lot of time obviously since wimbledon but the way that tournament ended for her and everything that happened there the the attention she received and the horrible criticism she received from some and the way the match ended against Tomjanovic what a what a lesson to give young talented people space and time that they need and help them find their way because that is i think what has happened with Raducanu in these last couple of months you know she she didn't play the sort of really big tournaments did she between Wimbledon and the US Open she played much smaller tournaments and sort of went out of the spotlight a little bit and won matches and built confidence built form built her game and look what she can do when she has sort of great people around her and the conditions in which to flourish you know and Absolutely, she now needs time because the level she's produced is going to be making everyone think she should be sort of competing for every Grand Slam from here on in. We just know that isn't realistic, really. Um, I absolutely think she has the game to be a mainstay at the top of this sport for a long time, of course. But let's not... <laughs> Let's not pile on expectations straight away. She's 
the fact she's achieved this already is incredible. Yeah. 23 in the world she's she, you know she's going to get direct entry into everything i had to double check today that the the rules of the wta final don't mirror those of the atp that grand slam champions gain automatic entry into the into the finals regardless of their ranking i i thought i thought the wta were looking at changing that but but not so apparently um but yeah she, you know she's she's going to be able to play and do whatever she wants now and I just want her to keep loving tennis mm. the way that she so clearly does at the moment because that's what's infectious it's the joy and we're, we're watching I can't st- I've, I've barely looked at you this podcast Matt because I, I'm just unnoticed. I just ca- I can't stop looking at it it's completely <laughs> magnetic um Emma Raducanu is the US Open champion I'm looking at her lying on her back sobbing Sobbing, her chest heaving up and down, her her coaching box jumping up and down. Andrew Richardson, I've never heard him speak, Matt. What was... job did he think he was signing up for? <laughs> We've never heard him speak. We've never seen him without a cap on. He might, he might be a genius. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly the greatest coach in tennis ever no one knows (laughs) (laughs) no one knows anything i know he was tim emmons best man i know the weird stuff that david reeled off about him (laughs) on the podcast the other day and and that's it he's a very very cool cucumber in the in the players box he's probably just dazed and confused about what on earth has (laughs) happened to his life over the past few weeks just bonkers absolutely bonkers we kept on going to to tim hemman courtside after the match because i really feel like emma raducanu has enabled tim hemman to fall in love with tennis again over the course of the last couple of weeks not that he didn't like and enjoy tennis but it's not the same after you retire um and i i've i've never seen tim hemman like this he was just completely enlivened and emotional in a way I'd I'd never seen him before and watching him try and find the words to sum it up he just kept saying it's a joke (laughs) it's a joke and yeah it you'd have been laughed out of town for even suggesting it two weeks ago oh there would have been a hundred names you would have put ahead of Emma Raducanu she was she was the thirty first seed in qualifying. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a it is a joke, and yet now that she's won it, actually, it really feels like the last three U.S. Open champions. You know, they're all different, but Naomi Osaka, Bianca Andreescu, they've all felt like they had the potential to change the sport, kind of mm. forever, or to or to move it on and. Asaka has done that in many ways, and Andrescu's obviously not really had the chance since winning the US Open. But I'm still a huge believer in in her, and yeah, I mean, Raducanu is the same. You people don't do this; they mm. don't do this. It, it, it is unprecedented. It's nice to hear "unprecedented" used in a way not related to a global pandemic, isn't it? <laughs> that is the joy that Emma Raducanu has brought us tonight. Look, we will be... I think we'll just probably find a way to mention Emma Raducanu in this this win in every podcast we do from now on, but we will certainly um, be talking about it again when David's back on the show, hopefully tomorrow. Um, yeah, don't you worry that <laughs> this joy... We're going to squeeze everything out of it that we possibly can. Um, We got a men's final tomorrow, Matt. (laughs) And it's another massive slice of history on the line, a very, very different slice of history on the line. It's quite difficult for us to have a really balanced view about how much that slice of history is currently being overshadowed. Obviously, here in the UK, it's being overshadowed by an order of magnitude but obviously that is far less elsewhere it does feel to me like Raducanu in this women's final 
is the story of this US Open. That might change tomorrow night if Novak Djokovic does what he's trying to do and completes the calendar slam. But it is very Novak Djokovic, isn't it? That he, he deserves the limelight. He deserves the spotlight for this and he still can't quite get the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I've now been distracted by uh, they're the singing sweet, of sweet Caroline. Sweet, we can't hear it, but, but we, we can. Know that's we what we it know was. that's what's happening. Yes, sorry, I've done it again. We're on <laughs> on to know about Djokovic, and I'm talking about something else. Um, no, absolutely. I think if he does it, it will suddenly hit everyone, and I think he will do it as well. Um, we've obviously got the Australian Open from from earlier than this year as a as a precedent and Djokovic won that match very easily really after after quite a tight first set he really showed his superiority in that match um but does that one match count sort of more than the general sort of trend that Medvedev has been on which feels like getting closer um does it supersede the tennis that Medvedev has played this tournament which I think is probably pretty much the best in the tournament. Djokovic has had moments of absolute brilliance in matches, particularly against Berrettini and at times against Zverev. But sort of consistent round by round, Medvedev has been awesome in this tournament. And I really do think he does have the game to go toe-to-toe with Djokovic. But I've seen him go toe-to-toe with Djokovic at the ATP finals and Djokovic checked out. He's not going to do that tomorrow. This is the guy I already think is the best male player of all time, putting his everything into trying to achieve something. And I don't know how you stop that. Mm. I feel the same. Were it not for the calendar slam, were it just a regular Grand Slam final and, and everything else were the same, I think I'd be picking Medvedev tomorrow. I th- I think I think he's ready. The fact that I'm... Spoiler alert, not going to pick Medvedev is nothing to do with Medvedev. Mm. I really think he's ready. Um, I think he's going to do it. I think he's very unfortunate about the circumstances in which he's running up, running into Djokovic tomorrow because I think he's ready to beat Djokovic even in a Grand Slam final. I just think Djokovic's will has been such a feature of his success and career. And I know that's completely unscientific, but his will will be its absolute peak Mm. in this final. I just can't see him having it wrestled from him in the final. it's It's been striking me over the past few days, the more I think about it, how massive it is that Medvedev was drawn... Medvedev was the second seed and therefore inevitably drawn in the opposite side of of the of the draw to him therefore couldn't face him until the final because I do think it's it's it like now he's got to the final he's not letting it go not not that there hasn't been the will and the defiance up to this point there has but it's different in the final he's not getting this far not to do it and I know that's completely unscientific bowl but what about Medvedev's brilliant backhand and how well he moves and the court speed is a service paradise and I know all of that and if it if it weren't for the history and the fact that this is now or never for Djokovic to do the thing that he wants to do more than anything I'd be going with all of that science and logic but it's Djokovic and I don't think he's going to let this go he might have to you know leave his bleeding socks on the court. I think Medvedev will take him maybe to the limits for it. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you've said. And I think it's it's a shift because I think going into the tournament, I thought that if there was going to be something that stopped Djokovic, it might be the weight of it. It might be the occasion, the pressure, the history he's going for. And yet now he's got through the first six rounds and he's in the final. That's the element that I think makes him unstoppable. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's brilliantly put. So 
there's all and and look, I think that quote he gave on the court the other night after beating Zverev, I'm going to play this match like it's my last. I'm going to put my heart, body, soul, mind into it. That's one of the great on-court tennis quotes I can think of. That is an ominous message. That is a guy mm. laying it out there, laying out his goals, laying out how much something means to him. And as you said, Djokovic's career is defined in many ways by his will and his ability to win these big, big matches. And I'm not going to back against him in the biggest of all. Mm. It could be epic, though. I really, really Mm. think and hope it will be. Because Medvedev, I believe, will bring it. I don't think he played well in the Australian Open No, he really didn't. And I think... You know, like th- that that quote he gave when he lost at Wimbledon, this just isn't... This isn't acceptable. Isn't acceptable. I just, I just don't think he'll let that happen again, Medvedev. Um, yeah, I think, he, I think he could drag some Djokovic just to some dark places to win, but Djokovic is more prepared than anybody in history to go to the dark places. Yeah, and we are expecting it to be hot, I believe. Yeah, apparently 10 degrees hotter than we had today. Um, Which I don't think helps either. No, player. they both hate <laughs> They both hate the heat. I feel you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't, think, don't think that necessarily has a particular bearing on the match, really, because neither of them will enjoy it, but they'll grit their teeth through it, I think. Yeah. I think it, at least it shouldn't be sunny on the court at that point of yes. the day. I think it will at least be in shade. Yes. but the, Yes. And from a selfish viewer's point of view, that is very important yes. because the shadow is problematic. Um, and the players don't like it either, P.S., but I'm just being extremely, uh, yeah, extremely self-important about that issue. Um, other things happened at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Centre today that are pretty momentous and probably deserve a lot more time than than we're going to end up giving them just because, like, the most momentous thing ever also <laughs> happened to happen today. Um, I covered the men's doubles final yesterday um, that we neglected to mention on the podcast. Apologies for that. We've all been... We've all been in a in a bit of a mania, a Radicanu mania over the, over the past uh, twenty four hours or so. Uh, Joe Salisbury and Rajiv Ram won their first US Open title, their second uh, Grand Slam title together. They won the Australian Open uh, doubles title last year. Um, they beat Jamie Murray, Bruno Suarez in the final, really good final actually, uh, three setter. Amazing to have British representation on both sides of the net. Ram and Salisbury, though, they're just, they're a really good doubles team. They've got, they've got kind of the perfect vibe together as a team. Rajiv Ram just seems like the coolest guy in town playing in front of his home fans. Meant loads to him, but he took it all in such a relaxed way. And Joe Salisbury was feeding off the, the crowd energy of, you know, having an American partner, therefore being, a you know, an honorary American and tough one for Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez. They they wanted it, um, but it's still a massive result for them to get in, get into the final. Their their reunion together had hadn't been a disaster at all, but, you know, hadn't been just, oh, we're back together. We're going to start winning Grand Slams again. So massive result. Um delightful scenes with little Noah Suarez Mm. on the court. We like Noah Suarez. He is a cutie. Um, And he didn't, he didn't seem to know whether his dad had won or lost. Just delighted to be there. Yeah. Got to hold a plate. (laughs) Had, had very different feelings to Goran (laughs) Ivanovic about plates. Um, So yeah, that was Joe Salisbury yesterday. Today, he won the mixed doubles final. He's done the doubles double, uh, and that hasn't been done since Bob Bryan did it in 2010, which, again, isn't as great a stat as it should be, is it? No, but he is the first Brit to yes. do it, isn't he? In in the open era, anyway, for sure. 
Um, yeah, he won with Desiree Kravchik. And they beat Marcelo... Aravalo. Aravalo from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. And... Juliana Olmos from, from Mexico. Mexico. Mm. I'm sure there's a there's a really good story yeah. around Marcelo Aravalo. I mean, I I've, I don't know of any other tennis players from El Salvador. No. Mixed doubles finalists relived. <laughs> coming your way. Coming, coming your way, coming potentially. Your way after we've had a sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had some very significant wheelchair results today. Yes. Um, Gordon Reed and Alfie Hewitt became the first men to win all four wheelchair slam doubles titles in the same year. You know, they've, they've completed the calendar slam. Sorry, Novak. The <laughs> the calendar slam's been done. It's been done. Old news. <laughs> Get a new story. <laughs> they beat uh, Gustavo Fernandez and... Shingo Kunida. Kunida, 6-2-6-1. It's their eighth successive slam title together. Bananas. Extraordinary. Um, Hewitt goes for the singles title tomorrow when he plays Kunida. That's a repeat of last year's final. And there's also two players, Dida De De Groot. Said that on air on Amazon, on Prime Video today. Proud moment. Yeah. The the noises in my ear when I did it. Ooh. <laughs> Didn't know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, her and Dylan Alcott are not only going for the calendar slam, they're going for the golden slam. Oh, um, God. Putting and... Djokovic in the shade again. <laughs> <laughs> Never been done in wheelchair tennis and about 40 years of wheelchair tennis. And that is largely because of scheduling and the fact that these tournaments haven't always existed like Esther Vergeer for example who mm. who we did a show on towards the start of the year you know one of the most dominant athletes of all time she never had the chance to play Wimbledon in singles because the event was only added in 2016 mm. after she'd retired um, and the quad division which is what Dylan Alcott competes in that was only added to Roland Garros and Wimbledon very recently in 2019 but De Root Rot. Rot. I'll go with it. Um, she's won the last four slams in a row. She's going for her fourth straight US Open title. And she faces Yui Kamiji in the final. And Dylan Alcott, this is not the first time he's come to New York aiming for history. Um, in 2019, he was going for the calendar slam, but he lost to Andy Lapthorne in the final. And he's, he faces Niels Vink in the final tomorrow as he attempts to complete that slice of history. So great, great stories and and matches in the wheelchair tennis. And also tomorrow is the women's doubles final with Coco Goff and Katie McNally. Um, Coco playing Sam Stoza and Zhang Shui. I love both. Great teams. Love the stories on both sides of the net there. You've got... Uh, Sam Stoza that persuaded Zhang Shui not to retire, that all the loveliness that that ensued there, and uh, they won the Australian Open title, didn't they? Was that last year? Time twenty nine. Time is a vortex. Um, but they were lovely scenes. Um, and Makoko were. They're all the feels, aren't they? They're mm. great, and they'll have the crowd with them, and that's going to be brilliant. I think um, so. Yeah, that's all tomorrow. We're on air at five forty-five PM with the women's doubles final, and then we've got Djokovic against Medvedev from nine. David will be hopefully <laughs> commentating. We wish you well, David. On goodness me, it's been nearly ten years of this podcast, and um, we've never had anything like this. I hope we're doing the podcast for many, many more years to come. And I feel confident when I say that we'll never have anything like this again. And I hope we have done a halfway adequate job of trying to sum up our feelings about it. Because I'm not sure it's possible to do an adequate job of summing up... Bigger than words. ...the achievement. It's one of those which is bigger than words. It is which is a problem a shame. when you 
<laughs> when you deal in words. But we have done our very best for you and it has been our pleasure to do so. We've got mascots. Zeus, I've played a blinder for you. You've the done all you can. The whole damn tournament. I'm Andy Murray in the era of the big three. <laughs> it's unjust and history won't recognise me the way it ought to. Um, because I've I've gone and done it again today and I've not scored the points that uh, that I should have done. Anyway, uh, David Law has Rogue. Matt has Scousel Mousel. They also triumphed today because they copied me. Uh, <laughs> Billy Jean has uh, Billy Jean King. Every time we've mentioned Billy Jean King on this podcast, she's poked her head out of the teepee, curiously. Uh, we've got Chris Albert Lee, who I used to think was a top bloke until he... Um, Peskily started beating me in the predictions competition this tournament <laughs> and I can't seem to topple him because he got one lucky Alcaraz prediction <laughs> and it's been plain sailing for him ever since. So Chris Albert Lee, you're a sort of mediocre bloke in my eyes at the moment. Mm. Um, and we have shout outs, Matt. Who are they for? Carol Corley. Carol like Yvonne Goulagon Corley. Correct. I was hoping you'd go oh, there. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. We love that. Hello, Carol. Thanks for your support. We have, and you'll like this as well, Catherine Lau. Oh. Uh, C or K? C. Oh, all the hits. <laughs> Thank you very much, Catherine. Great name. Thanks for your support. And last but definitely not least, we have friend of the pod, Tony Maybe. Tony. Hello, Tony. Tony um, tweeted a lovely thing tonight. and uh, Tony is one of the loveliest people I've Tony's ever met. Tony's good people. And, oh, Tony, we thank you very much for your support. I don't... Are there any tennis Tonys? Tony Roach. Oh, hello. There's, there's definitely lots of maybe jokes. But, yes. Mm. You made one. Definitely lots of maybe jokes. I did. <laughs> I accidentally did. Oh, dear. Tony, thank you ever so much for your support. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with one last daily US Open podcast. What on earth is coming next? Don't know. Can't wait. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 